enoughness for me means I'm living from that place of love, not fear. It means I'm living from that place of heart over hustle in a world that just wants us to fucking hustle every day. I'm saying hell no. Hello, and welcome to Enough, the podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Leto. This show is a mashup of inspiration and exploration around what gets in the way of us feeling good enough. If you're a leader whose life looks shiny and together from the outside, but inside your inner critic assures you that you are one hot mess, this podcast is for you. It's time to own your worth quirks, foibles, imperfections, and all. Welcome to Enough. Today's episode is both a reality check and a dose of encouragement. If you're in the messy, non-linear process of creating yourself and owning your enoughness. Meet Shelley Paxton, a movement maker on a mission to help a billion people to live courageous, authentic lives, a process she calls soul radical. Shelley knows about the discombobulation of identity change, having left a sexy job at Harley Davidson to reclaim her own soul from the corporate hustle. For successful people, change can look effortless compared to the flapping, flailing, and chronic white-knuckling you might be feeling when you're in it. That's why in this conversation, I want to take you into the mess of where the green shoots of self-acceptance happened for Shelley. I realized that I had this story in my head that went like, I am not lovable unless I'm a size eight. I wanted to share someone else claiming their enoughness and unpicking an old belief system because nobody talks about this. I am giving away this belief because I am enough and I am beautiful and lovable regardless of what my body looks like, regardless of what size clothes are hanging in my closet. We may as well be piloted by beliefs that we create, not those that have been created for us. I will be right back with Shelly. Let's dive in. So what are you curious about right now? Oh, what am I curious about? What I'm most curious about is what the universe is up to on my behalf, because I recently had this epiphany, and I think I shared most of this with you, but for the sake of our conversation, It has become so clear to me that at the point of the journey that I'm at, the universe was not going to deliver all of the things that I've been attempting to manifest, which we can talk about. 
until I really got my shit together. And by getting my shit together, I mean all of the foundational stuff around self-care and my health and self-compassion and all the stuff you talk about, Mandy. And I finally, I gave up booze. I am on the clean living train. I am now addicted to feeling good. And I realized that until I had that foundation, I couldn't receive what's coming. So now I'm, I'm in that work. I'm continuing that work. And I'm so curious about what's coming. The thing I'm really curious about right now is being more real. And a lot of what you say resonates because I think being more real, it talks really, you know, you talk about this in your message about what are you rebelling for? And, you know, if you don't know Shelly, you will know her from my intro. You will know her from the podcast that I'm sharing on my socials quite a bit. And she asked this really powerful question. What are you rebelling for? One of the things I'm rebelling for right now is exploring being more real. And I set it up that way, as opposed to being more real, because maybe you can help unpack this conundrum. The place that I'm at right now is on the one hand, it's like, yes, I definitely want to be more real because that means more self-care and it means, you know, letting go of things. And it, it means really checking my privilege in many ways. It means educating myself on things that I haven't had to educate myself on before. It means, you know, really get having like come to Jesus moments with my belief systems that have been keeping me stuck in all of this shit that I don't want to manifest in my life where I no longer, no longer serves me. And then on the other hand, there's this idea of, so there's the being real. That's like part A of the conundrum. Part B of the conundrum is creating ourselves. And it feels kind of like they're at loggerheads because creating them, we you know we have these conversations on WhatsApp all the time about like creating power statements and I am statements. I am loving kindness. I am bravery. I am this, I am that. So I can't quite reconcile. Maybe it's like this middle age thing or this, you know, things haven't come to fruition. Like, you know, life didn't happen the way either of us necessarily thought it would with the tools and skill sets and behaviors that we had. And all of a sudden there's this, I don't know, midlife breakthrough maybe, or whatever you want to call it of, am I creating myself or am I really being real? And it sounds kind of like they're the same thing, but this sort of bends my brain a little bit. So this is what I'm curious about. I wondered if you have, you have any insights uh, words of wisdom. Well, this is, it's juicy. There's a lot going through my brain right now. So let me, let me just reflect back to you. Some of the things that came up to me for me, as you were, as you were saying that, and let's see where we go with it, because like, first, let me just say to everyone who listens to you, my favorite part of the day is when you and I are WhatsApping back and forth and helping each other make sense of all of the things that are, you know, all the flotsam and jetsam in our heads and our hearts <laughs> that we're trying to work through. So this is, this is my favorite space to share with you. And it's a really safe and brave space. And I am forever grateful for that and for you. So let me say that first. 
And I feel like what you described is the the paradox and the creative tension that best describes the journey of becoming. Because that's the thing that's constantly sort of pushing us. And I had this, I had this thought, you know me, I love language. I love coming up with little pithy phrases, probably second only to you, to be, <laughs> to be honest. And I was thinking the other day of a headline that says, we should all be strippers. And the idea being- I'm just giggling here in the background. <laughs> right? We should all be strippers. And I'm not talking the Vegas, take all your clothes off, you know, shake your booby, like, you know, motorboat some dude, right? Or girl or whatever, like you do you boo. However, I am talking about, we are being called on this journey toward creating ourselves as you're saying, to constantly be more and more real and strip away those layers that are no longer serving us exactly as you just said. And it is a constant, you know, Abby Gibb, who I know we both love, we are both coaching with, she's been on your podcast. She talks about it as shedding. You can call it shedding. You can call it stripping, but we are, if we are truly on this journey toward our highest and best self, we're constantly doing this. It's a journey, not a destination. So I love this idea of constantly stripping away toward that truth, toward that essence, which I believe is our soul. That's really our truth. And that is the truth of how we're showing up and who we're becoming. And it's an opportunity every day to be a stripper and embrace that tension and that paradox. So I don't know. That's how I'm thinking about it. What, what of that lands with you? Well, I always wanted to be a stripper, right? So yeah, that <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Boom. There you have it. The quote of the episode. I've always wanted to be a stripper. Love Mandy Leto. <laughs> There's something about life decluttering too, which is all in alignment. Like both of us have recently gone through a major decluttering in our spaces, like right down to cutlery drawers and underpants and, you know, all this, the paperwork, dear God, the paperwork, uh -huh. uh, you know, 50 pounds of it shredded at home Depot over here. <laughs> Hello. Talk about so, a weight off your shoulders for sure. And I wonder if there's also some of that, that could be a more active practice in our lives because I'm, I'm all about like abstract thinking, but there's something about rubber meeting road in terms of what this can actually look like. And I'm just creating this here on the hoof with you because it's something I'm present to of, am I shedding stuff now? And what does that mean? Does that mean that the real me is a blank canvas? Like, am I basically tofu? <laughs> when I like get down to the, it. You know, to be spiced by whatever feels good and picante and you know delicious in that moment, 
And as I'm kind of going through this life decluttering and also really sitting with a lot of the beliefs, I mean, this is one thing I'm working on is these I am statements in the morning. I do this with my clients and we can never take people any deeper than we're willing to go ourselves. So I'm constantly in the creation of who I am and who I want to be in the world. And this shit works. Right. Yeah. So I, okay, let's dive a little deeper into this decluttering because this is where you and I, you know, another example of where we've been incredible soul sisters for each other, supporting each other on this journey and, you know, cheering each other on as we've been doing this. And so I want to give an example because I think it ties to the stripper comment too. I mean, hell, let's both be strippers, right? 50 plus, here we come. Shelly and Mandy storm the world as strippers. Welcome to the next chapter of our journey. Exactly. Like, give me a little shimmy shake. So, so I part of my decluttering. I mean, let's really dive into these beliefs because they tie into some of the I am statements that I've been putting out every morning in my life. So let's go back to my closet. I remember sharing this with you and I don't know if I shared all of it. So part of my house that I decluttered was my walk-in closet. And Mandy, I was horrified and I'm guessing that people listening can relate to this. I, when I got honest with myself and walked into that closet with the few people that I hired to help me on this, I realized that 85% of what was in that closet didn't fit me. You know, wasn't something I even have worn in the past five years since I left Harley. I mean, the list goes on and on, but the doesn't fit me one was the one that landed really sharply. And and it was a big sting for me because I thought, what am I hanging on to? Literally, why are these clothes, this vision of somebody that I am not and frankly don't even want to become? And as I started to unpack that, and by unpack that, I mean sitting on my <laughs> my walk-in closet floor, bawling my eyes out, I realized that I had this story in my head that went like, I am not lovable unless I'm a size eight. I was telling myself that unconsciously every time I walked into my walk-in closet multiple times a day. That's destructive. And so with the, I don't even know how many pounds of clothes that I gave away to women in domestic violence shelters and abuse survivors and all of it, I really sat with, I am giving away this belief because I am enough and I am beautiful and lovable regardless of what my body looks like, regardless of what size clothes are hanging in my closet. And it was a turning point for me and a real, really a powerful moment of self-compassion for me to realize like, man, that bully loop has been running in my head unconsciously for years. 
How destructive is that? I'm just letting that land because what you're doing right now is you're modeling the creating ourselves and being real simultaneously. So it actually feels a bit like a tango of sorts or some kind of a, mm. of a dance where being real is also getting real with ourselves, right? Like you having that moment, that come to Jesus moment that I'm very likely never going to be a size eight and I'm not willing to do what would be required of me. That would not be an integrity with who I want to be in the, in my body and in my life. And if health is one of your priorities right now, like you said at the beginning, I don't know about you, but I'm just done with shake diets and deprivation and all of that stuff, like to each their own, but that just ain't me anymore. And it sounds like you had that moment too. Of yeah. And I've worked, I'll be really, really candid because, you know, I, I love getting spicy and juicy and all the things with you. And I worked with an energy healer for three months. Very recently, I thought, huh, this is such a life lesson. I thought I hired her for one reason and came to realize, of course, I hired her for a completely different reason. And where we ended up and the kind of the, the aha and the gift in all of it that I didn't see coming was that she helped me to realize a lot of the stories, again, back to the bully loop, the stories that I was telling myself that was this programming from years of incessant dieting that were taking me on that roller coaster of weight gain, weight loss, weight gain, weight loss, because I wasn't being true to me. And that programming was running me. It became hardwired in my brain. And here was the simple thing that unlocked all of it. I said to her one day, she was just asking me how I eat. And I was giving her an example of what I eat for breakfast. And she's, and she noticed, or actually probably every meal of the day. And she noticed that I didn't talk about fruit. Mind you, I love fruit. One of my favorite foods on the planet are any variety of berries, raspberries and blueberries and blackberries and strawberries. Love them. I am salivating just saying this to you. And she asked me, she's like, well, tell me like, what is, talk to me about, you know, the kind of fruits that you eat. It's the only thing I kind of see missing from a pretty healthy diet. And I was like, I don't eat fruit. She was kind of looked at me quizzically and was like, well, tell me more about that. And in that moment, I realized that because I had done keto, quote unquote, for so many years that I had this, again, another bully loop in my head that said, all carbs are bad. That was drawing this hard and fast black and white that was separating like, yeah, wonder white bread ain't good for you. You know, mega bowls of pasta aren't good for you. Processed foods aren't good for you. But fresh, whole, in-season berries? How can you even put those two things in the same category? 
And she really helped me to see that I was living in this way where I was starving my body of these yummy antioxidants and nutrients from fruits because I was putting fruit in like big bowls of pasta in the same category. And I was telling myself that all carbs are bad. Whew. Talk about unpacking something that's holding you back from like true health and your true self. I was depriving myself of what, you know, some of my favorite foods on the planet that are actually good for me because I was telling myself that story. So starting to declutter beliefs is sounds like a really powerful part of this process of this dance of creating ourselves and being real. And really like the whole idea of a belief is these are like the fascia of our lives, right? Like they hold everything together. They hold our routines together. They hold, you know, our, you know, the way that we show up in life that I do this, I don't eat that. I wear this, I don't wear that. So it really creates this maze that we walk through and in starting to unpack beliefs, I think one of the ways, you know, this, whether it's a game of ping pong or a dance or whatever metaphor we want to use these things between creating ourselves and being real is if we go back to the creating ourselves and, you know, we can explore a little bit about what that looks like as a practical daily practice. What I'm getting listening to is it doesn't matter where we start. This is not a 10 step plan that we're going to be there with a clipboard in our little secretary outfit saying, you need to start here and then do this. It's really about starting anywhere, whether it's you're having your moment in the closet looking at your size eight clothes that you'll never fit in again, or whether it is looking at that bowl of berries, you know, and having your little Oliver twist mom saying, I wish I, you know, please, can I have some more? I can't eat berries. <laughs> Wherever it is that we start. But if somebody is completely stumped as to where they start looking at these fascia, these things that keep us fixed, and there, you know, there, there's a reason for that, obviously, because, you know, we want to stay safe. But one of the ways I've found to start to unfix those beliefs is to start to create new ones because we, we're going to, we got to believe something, right? It's not like any of us are born. And if we used special scientific instruments to see like, these are the Paxton beliefs here, you know, under the microscope, we can see that Shelley's beliefs nestled right in there next to the kidneys. This is her belief system. It's not like we have that we create them and then they run us. So one of the ways we can create alternatives that better serve us, because, you know, we may as well choose the beliefs we run as opposed to be run by them because of programming is to create these I am statements or these power statements. And I know this is part of our, our WhatsApp conversations. Like, how is that working for you? Can you tell us a little bit about how you create yourself as a practice? Yes. And you are, you're getting to the heart of, of what I'm in right now. And as, as you know, I just recorded a solo episode around this because I think this is tied to what I call living a success 
full life. Because let's be honest, what I mean by successful is that I choose fulfillment from the inside out. I choose life on my terms. We live in a world that is, I mean, let's be honest about where these beliefs come from. They come from our parents. They come from religion, culture, society. All the things are telling us you should be a size zero, two, four, six. I mean, fuck, like society thinks an eight is you know, overweight, let's be honest. Right. So it, I think it's really important for us to say, no, wait a second. Let me step back in a world that is steering us toward being success empty. Meaning, yeah, I can do all those things that the world quote unquote tells me to do, but I'm never going to feel it on the inside. I'm going to, you know, still be on this treadmill of I'll be happy when I'll be happy when I'll have made it then I'll have. And none of that, right? None of that makes us happy. None of that fills us up from the inside out because it's on someone else's terms. So I love what you're saying and that you and I are really holding ourselves and each other accountable for these I am statements because it's what we are actively saying every day is no, thank you, society. I'm not playing your game. I'm not playing on your terms. This is my life. And here's how I want to create it. And so for me, that's one, it just, it simply starts with that acknowledgement, right? Authenticity is the truest form of rebellion. As you've heard me say a million times, And that starts with getting really clear on what does success look like for me? What does success full, meaning I feel, right? I feel that feeling from the inside out and it doesn't matter. It's going to look different than yours and anybody else who's listening to this podcast right now. So for me, I start, I mean, I'll I'll say this, it, it feels edgy to say out loud on your podcast, even though I know you know it as a, as a very close friend of mine, you know, I start with saying, you know, I am in a beautiful, loving relationship with my soulmate. And I say that because right now I'm single and I have chosen to be single for the past three years. Well, at least for two years and then COVID happened. So here we are, (laughs) here we are three years later. And the reality, it's a beautiful statement because all of this, to go back to what I said, when you asked me what I was curious about, this is the foundational work because in really coming home to myself, I have taken the the walls away from my heart. And so now I'm putting in the reality that I'm creating for myself, I am health. I am in a beautiful, loving relationship with my soulmate. I am a New York Times bestselling author. I am a top 100 podcaster. I am the host of a show called The Orange Couch. I mean, I can go on and on, right? But I am, most of those things aren't a reality today. And I fully intend to manifest them by creating my reality every day through those statements. 
We may as well be autopiloted by things that we've chosen instead of programs and bullshit that has been chosen for us. And I think this, this is the Kool-Aid that we Amen. all drink at some stage that makes us believe we are not enough, that we don't have access to being enough. And therefore we should be grateful for whatever crumbs and scraps we've been given and just stay in that fear and scarcity mentality. And I think once you start waking up to this, once you start getting more real and start to understand the power and the magnetism, not only of community and opportunity and love and abundance in all its forms, when we start to be more of who we really are, as opposed to playing by this script of I'm supposed to be cute and small and passive and coy and flirtatious and ridiculously sexy and, you know, say the right things or else, you know, say nothing at all or whatever that has been for you growing up. I think the uh, right now I'm thinking out loud and I might change my mind in six months, but right now the antidote to not enoughness is consciously creating who we want to be and letting ourselves be guided by that belief system. Yes. Yeah. And as I was thinking about this conversation and everything you stand for and your powerful message, your own personal story and your powerful message in the world, I was like, right now I'm in this you know, I'm kind of up leveling to the next chapter and the next phase of life. And it is requiring that I believe everything you just said, that I trust that in all of this, I am enough. And when I thought about, well, what does that really mean? I love what you just said. And what I would add to it is enoughness for me means I'm living from that place of love not fear. It means I'm living from that place of heart over hustle in a world that just wants us to fucking hustle every day. I'm saying, hell no. I'm choosing heart and soul. And also I'm choosing compassion over competition. I don't want to scroll through the socials comparing myself hair, or compassion hair, over comparison hair. might actually be a better phrase, right? Compare myself. I am where I am on this journey. I can only compare myself to who I was yesterday. I don't know who said that. It's not my phrase, but I believe it. And I'm trying to embody it every day. And I think enoughness is also permission over pleasing giving ourselves permission to feel what we feel, to do what we need to do, to be mm. who we want to yes. be. All of that just feels so powerful and ties right into what you were saying. I hope you're enjoying this conversation. I wanted to pause here to tee up what is coming after this little segment Shelly is going to share something that she's not read on any other podcast, a really profound, deep, vulnerable piece of writing that she penned after going to a relationship retreat and doing some real deep, profound inner work. 
I really invite her to share this here because sometimes our not enoughness can manifest as too muchness. Too big, too bold, too loud, too whatever, fill in the blank. So if this is how you identify in your possible not enoughness, and I'm using air quotes there, then I think this will be a really powerful share for you. After she shares, we are going to dive into some really practical ways that you can start to shed beliefs that no longer serve you and get more real. Back to the episode. I was always too big for you. Yes, you. Every man in my life, every husband, boyfriend, and potential suitor, too intense, too successful, too curvy, too fat, too bold, too smart, too independent, too charismatic, too much. Too much like the wild swells of the ocean, like the raging winds of a monsoon, like the scorching rays of the desert sun. You told me I was a force of nature, too big in every way, and I believed you. I felt crushed and ashamed and misunderstood and unlovable, alone, aching, too big for love. Until now, now I understand that big is beautiful, that the vast expansiveness of the divine feminine is powerful. The movement, the energy, the beauty, the expression, the emotion, the leadership, the force that nature intended. Now I choose to show up as she who must be loved in her bigness and ravished in her wild feminine. Look out, world. Whew. It makes me emotional just reading that, actually. I feel, whew. Yeah. That all just came There's back up. a few real humdinger lines in there. For someone who is feeling the nudges to start to explore what it means to be real or someone who's looking to create themselves or whatever the portal is, somebody who's just done with not feeling enough, done with feeling too much, what would you say to them? First of all, I would say you're not alone. I mean, listen to this conversation. We, we are in it. It's why I love you, Mandy, because we are in it. So the second thing I would say, the first thing is you're not alone. This is the journey. And being in this tension that you so beautifully described in the beginning is life. It's the beautiful mess of life. So the second thing I would say is choose who you want to be in that beautiful mess with. Choose the people who will reflect your authenticity back to you, who will support you as you are rewiring yes. those yes. beliefs that come from outside of you and recreate who will support you as you recreate who you are becoming and those beliefs that you choose to wake up and write down and repeat and share every single day. I was filming something yesterday and I might not get the words exactly right, but it's super powerful. The idea is you can't change 
the people in your life, but you can change the people in your life. And that to me, having you in my soul circle, knowing that I am held and supported on this journey, and also knowing that you will call me on my bullshit, which you have many times. And I appreciate you (laughs) for that and more, but find those people because doing this, I mean, I felt so alone when I left Harley, it is nearly five years ago, if you can believe that that I leave this like super sexy executive job. And Mandy, I have never felt more alone in my entire life. I was surrounded by people who only knew that kind of sexy corporate journey and that you do the thing you have to do to tick all those boxes of traditional success. And I'm here to say bullshit and You've got to find your people who are either with you in it or a couple steps ahead of you on this journey, making similar choices. I wrote my book and you know, at the beginning of my book, I say, I wrote this because I wish a book like this would have been around when I left Harley scared shitless and knowing that my life depended upon me following my soul. And I didn't know what that meant or what that looked like. I simply had to trust it and believe in it like I'm doing now in this next phase, right? So I wrote the book as me putting my arm around all of my readers saying, I got you. We're in this together. So find those people in your life. And anyone who doubts who you are and what you want to create. Yeah. Bye-bye. The community piece is huge. And even if it's starting simply by listening to podcasts or going to a retreat, you know, you'll find, you'll find people who have that vibe of good energy and support. And then you'll find people who suck the bejesus out of you and, you know, you need to step away. So I love that really, really practical piece. I wanted to add one thing as we wrap up the episode is... One thing I wish I would have known at the beginning of starting to do the deep work is I thought it was going to be very linear, like having come out of corporate myself where there's spreadsheets and plans and, you know, there's swim lanes for things and charts. It's like, right. So this like shedding all this not enough BS, we're going to like create this 10 step plan and there's going to be a beginning and a middle and an end. And in approximately years, I will come out the other side and life is going to be good. And what I want to tell you, dear listener, is I've been in the deep thickets of this work with Shelly for years. And I have never, ever found any white picket fences or posy lined paths that have been straightforward. And I'm not saying this to put you off, but if you feel right now in the mess of everything, great, because this is, (laughs) you're not doing it wrong. Welcome home. That's what I want to say. The doormat, you're on the doormat. (laughs) It continues to stay messy and 
it's all about, you know, this is one thing coming back to Abby Gibb, whose episode, if you haven't listened to, check her out. It's who we become in the process. When we've had the Kool-Aid, we're so trained to think about the outcomes. Like when I'm enough, then I'm going to be happy in my body. And I will like twirl around mountaintops like Maria Von Trapp in The Sound of Music and life will be good. And um, maybe that's some people's experience. That hasn't been mine. It has been incremental. It has been uncertain. It has been messy. It has been painful. It has been euphoric. It is just the range of all of it. So if you're feeling like, I don't know where to start, and I really wish Mandy and Shelley would give me a 10-step plan, I think we can just hold space for you and say, start somewhere. Start with an I am statement. Start with decluttering. Start with making a different choice about how you want your future to look like on Velcro from the bullshit that you no longer want to participate in surround yourself with like dope people. Yeah. Become a stripper <laughs> like Shelly and Mandy. You really can't see what we're up to since we're not on video here, but you know, use your imaginations. <laughs> Shelly, I ask every, everybody on the show to lay a brick of wisdom, something that they're really present to at the end of the conversation. I don't ask people ahead of time because I don't want you to script it. And not that you would since you're an Enneagram 7. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, listen to Hayden Lee's episode. He's the Enneagram guy. Shelly's definitely a 7. So we don't script as 7s as, uh, don't script. What would be the brick of wisdom that you would lay for a listener who's in the mess of self-creation? Mm. I mean, this is an overused one, but I'm going to trust that it's coming to me for a reason. Your mess is your message. Listen to it deeply. I am so in the mess of my life and my business right now, and I am tuning in. I'm, I can't understand it all just yet, but I am tuning in deeply. So there's something there for you. And the other piece that builds on everything you just said is the journey is not linear. It is just not. We are setting ourselves up for failure and for resentment and bitterness, if we are expecting this, you know, this is what I think is damaging about this corporate ladder concept, right? It's like, I just keep climbing up and rung by rung and it's so neat and clean and perfect. And it's life is none of that. And our journey, if we're being true to ourselves is none of that. So embrace the message, listen for the, embrace the mess, listen for the message and you know what, when the breadcrumbs are taking you left and right and on this really curvy path, mm -hmm. go and with it. It's who you're going with in the meantime. That is where the magic is as opposed, like who's to say when we get there, right? Yeah. Who's to say when we've air quotes arrived somewhere, it's really about who you're becoming in the process of shedding and decluttering beliefs and creating powerful new ones, stepping into your I am statements and consciously cell by cell renewing yourself as to how you want to show up. And rewriting your script of success, right? That's what all of this is leading toward, which, you know, that's what I'm all about and we can do it. It's ours to author. It's ours to author. Speaking of authoring, tell people about your book and what's your favorite social to hang out on. 
Ah, the book is called Soulbatical, A Corporate Rebel's Guide to Finding Your Best Life. It is, man, if you liked this conversation, there's more of it. It's raw and vulnerable and full of F-bombs and is essentially part memoir, part manifesto, part interactive guide. You get to follow me on my roller coaster journey, and then I turn the tables and the mirror on you to excavate some of the... the um, the yummies that want to come up as you're recreating yourself and your journey. And I love to hang out on Instagram with my friend, Mandy. I'm at Soulbatical. Soulbatical is with two B's and one T. And you can also find me on LinkedIn, Shelly Paxton. And if you want to hear from me every week and every month for a little soul fuel, sign up, go to soulbatical.com and sign up for my newsletter. Please do do yourself a favor. Thank you, Shelly, for playing with us today. It was so fun to hang out. <laughs> oh, thank you. My favorite you. part of the week. Thanks, sister. I love you. I hope you enjoyed that peek behind the wizard's curtain of how someone super successful can still be going through the mess of self-discovery and unearthing beliefs that they didn't know were there and how someone else does it because we don't have these conversations, do we? Shelly shared her way. Now this may not necessarily be your way, but that's not the point. It's here for inspiration so we can see how other people are going on about up-leveling their lives. Next week on the pod, I have a bit of a surprise. If you could see me, I'm steepling my fingers. And you're going to have to be in suspense until then. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to share one more thing before we go. I asked people to write in with what they were experiencing as a result of the podcast. Whose episodes did they dig? What are they doing as a result of them? And Lorraine has written in. She said, both Jen Pasteloff and Catherine Kell's episodes were so inspiring. The more I listen to your podcast, the more I'm accepting things and adding to my new thought process of, it's okay. My life is changing for the better and I'm finding I'm kinder in situations that I would normally react to and cause an atmosphere. Thank you. Well, Lorraine, thank you. Thank you for sharing. And remember, if you're listening, do write into the show at hello at mandyletto.com and be specific which episodes have changed your life and what you're trying. Until next week, I'm going to go and make some more goodness for you. I look forward to playing with you again very soon. This is Mandy Leto signing out for Enough, the podcast.